Well, please do have a seat. It's good to see you all uh, here this morning. Good to uh, uh, welcome those tuning in. Um, hopefully during that song, uh, I spotted all the children who are here. We, I do have some left over. Uh, an envelope with three baubles on. Just keep hold of that for a moment, along with the felt tips. We're going to be using those in a little bit. Um, now, I know we are well and truly on the road to Christmas. At least we are in our house. Um, and I know some of you are as well, because I've seen the photos on Facebook. But I wonder if you've ever stopped to think how brilliant, but bonkers, some of our Christmas traditions are. In about 10 days' time, we're going to do some drop-in Christingles after school, both near Fernvale and near St. Luke's. Have you thought about an orange? With some sticks in it, with some sweets and a candle, so it looks like a spaceship to do with Christmas. Brilliant! Bonkers. Okay, how about, how about Christmas cracker? Nothing says Christmas like, let's get a cardboard tube, let's fill it with a load of stuff, then let's put some gunpowder in it. Brilliant. But bonkers, right? And then, of course, Christmas pudding. Hands up if you're a fan of Christmas pudding. Yeah, good. Let's have a really yummy, rich, delicious pudding after our, our main course. It's Christmas. We need it to be a bit more special, don't we? What, what, what should we do? I know. Let's set it on fire. Brilliant, isn't it? But it's bonkers. And then finally, there is the Christmas tree. How many of you this weekend put it up? Is it, yeah, a few. Oh, oh, a disappointing number have put it up. Um, I've definitely seen some videos and photos of people putting uh, Christmas tree, trees up. But just, just the, the thought process at some point. It's Christmas. I know what we need to do. We need to go outside and get a chunk of something from outside and bring it inside. Oh, that could be a bit messy. Let's make something that looks like it was outside and bring it inside. We have a tree. It's brilliant, but bonkers. Isn't it? It's brilliant. Christmas trees are brilliant, but they are a bit strange. Brilliant and bonkers. And today, our Christmas tree is going to be a bit of a visual age. A, a visual age? A visual... Oh, put my teeth back in. A visual aid for the Bible reading we've got. Maybe you're one of the people who's decided to step into Christmas early this year and go, and go big, get your tree up. Can I just say, if you are, if that is you, you're in good company. Those of you who haven't put your Christmas decorations, sorry, God was ready 700 years before the first Christmas. He got ready early, so you're in good company if you're getting ready early. But maybe, and I suspect this might be more of us, you're just not quite in the mood for Christmas. Because the last year or so, well, it's been really tough, hasn't it? We've got, still got COVID hanging around, haven't we? Between us, just in this room, there's, there's been illness. We've lost loved ones. There's been big struggles with mental health. People, including us, have felt disconnected and discouraged. Downcast. We've not known quite what to do. We've not known what we should do, what we can do. And then there's issues around us, and the world have felt huge. All I need to do is name you three names, and you'll feel it. George Floyd, Sarah Everard, Arthur Labina Hughes. Can I just say, our Bible reading we're going to hear in a minute speaks into that. And it speaks of one who makes and does make all the difference. 
So I think we should go to the Bible. Why don't you all grab a Bible that's in front of you? Don't open it yet. Don't open it yet. Today we're going to have a Bible race. Hey. So don't open until I say go. Okay, we're looking for Isaiah chapter 11. No, dip, 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 dip. Some false starts there. It's not a race if you false start. So Isaiah chapter 11 on your marks. Get set. Go! First one there, shout out the page number. Oh, 697. We have a winner, Kate. Oh, very good. 697. And Sally's going to come and read our reading for us. The reading is from Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 10. And as you know, can be found on page 697. Well done. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, and their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, uh, Sally. Let's rearrange the furniture again. And if you did get an envelope, this is where you're going to need to find your three baubles in your envelope and dig those out. Uh, because we need to decorate the Christmas tree. That's what you do with a Christmas tree. And I wonder if you spotted why I chose a Christmas tree this morning as our visual aid. Look how those verses begin. We're told that there's a shoot growing up out of a tree stump that becomes a great big branch that bears fruit. You see, we're rewinding 700 years before Jesus, where God's people uh, felt like life for them had just been cut down. Life for them had been uprooted. Instead of looking like an impressive tree, they look like a dead tree stump. And Isaiah gets us and, and he says, look, look, look at the green shoots that's going to become a big branch, it's going to become a big tree. It's a bit like in a few months' time when we're walking down the road and you look at the tree and you see the green on the tree. It promises spring. Or when you look at the ground and you see some green bits poking through that promise uh, spring flowers. It's a promise of life, uh, brighter days, better days. And Isaiah uses a picture of a tree, but he's actually talking about a person, a future king. 
a king whose birth we're going to celebrate in 20 days' time. It's Jesus. And this morning, I want to see three brilliant things from Isaiah 11 about Jesus. And this is where you're going to need your three baubles, children, um, one for each of those brilliant things. As I'm describing what Jesus is like, you can write something, you can draw something. I've done some, so I can give you a few ideas as we go along. The first brilliant thing about Jesus from Isaiah 11 is that Jesus has the Holy Spirit. He has the Spirit of God rest on him, we're told. Now, it took me a while to think of something to draw on my bauble. How do you draw that? How do you draw the Spirit of God on someone? But then I remembered there's a story of when Jesus was baptized. And there's a voice from heaven. And then what happens? Anyone remember? Yeah, the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. So, I draw my bauble to help me remind me of why Jesus is brilliant, that he has the Holy Spirit. I draw a dove. So I'm going to hang that on the Christmas tree. So you might want to draw a dove. You might want to write spirit. You might want to do something totally different. That's fine. And what does it mean? What does it mean that Jesus has the Spirit of God? Well, it means Jesus always knows what's going on. He knows exactly what's going on in your life and in your hearts, in my life and in my heart. It means Jesus always knows the right thing to do. And then he has the power to go and do it. I don't know about you, but I often don't know the right thing to do. And even if I do, I sometimes struggle to be able to do it. And we're told the Spirit of God meant that he had a perfect relationship, a perfect connection with God, and he lived it out. And it's why in, we read Jesus saying in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. There's a perfect connection with with the Father. In fact, so perfect that if we want to know what God's like, we go to Jesus. Jesus is brilliant. He has the Holy Spirit. And it means, my other decoration for this one, is Jesus has, ooh, I can't turn it around. He has no question marks. He has no question marks in his head. He knows what's going on. He knows what to do. And he perfectly knows God. So that's the first brilliant thing about Jesus. The second brilliant thing about Jesus that we see in Isaiah 11 is that he is a perfect judge. Now, I scratch my head again. How do you draw that? How are you gonna, maybe, maybe you could do a wig, you know, like the, you see on the telly, the judges. They have, a, they have a funny wig on their head, don't they? Or, or the wooden hammer, the gavel, they sort of whack down. But in the end, I looked at verse 5 of our passage, and it says what he will be wearing. It says righteousness will be his belt. So I drew a belt, and I wrote righteousness on it. That was my one, but you could come up with something else. So that reminds us, a second brilliant thing about Jesus, is he judges perfectly. That's the promise. He judges righteously. He will judge rightly. Jesus judges things perfectly. This is good news. And it's particularly good news for those who've been hurt the most, those who are needy, those who are poor. Now, I'm sure uh, if you've been tracking the news over the last few days, you, like me, will have just had that horrible feeling, that kind of sickening feeling at the story of Arthur Labina Hughes. It's a terrible story. 
And, and everything within us goes, that's not right. It shouldn't happen, and we want there to be justice. We cry out for it. And the thing with Jesus is there's a promise that there's a justice even better than any police, uh, any court, any prison uh, can do. You see, when Jesus returns, he will make everything to be seen for what it is. And he will deal with everything perfectly. And it means when Jesus comes back, do you know there's a phrase that nobody will ever say again? It's a phrase that just occasionally comes out in our house. Grown-ups probably don't say the phrase, but they think it. It's not fair. Because Jesus is perfect judge. There will be a time when none of us ever will say, that's not fair. So to help us remind us of the second brilliant thing about Jesus that we see in Isaiah 11, my Bible says it's not fair and it's been crossed out. There's plenty of things that are unfair now, aren't there? Plenty of things. But when Jesus returns, there will be no more. Jesus sees right into the heart of the matter and he sees right into our hearts. And do you know what? I might not have done anything that lands me in prison, but I know I've done wrong things. I know I've hurt people. This is why Jesus coming twice is such good news. It's why I love Advent, because Advent leads us into Christmas, a reminder that Jesus has come to save us, to be born, to be like us, to live a life perfectly, but then to die on the cross for me and for my sin. And yet Advent also tells us that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to deal with everything and he's going to make everything right. And I don't need to worry or fear about it because Jesus has dealt with everything that I've done wrong for me. Advent reminds us of Jesus coming back to make everything right. And that's the third brilliant thing from Isaiah 11 about Jesus. Jesus is going to make everything right. Now, you might want to be onto your third bauble now. Um, just imagine, that we've, I'm going to give you all tomorrow off. Sound good? Should we make it even better? Let's have a trip to the zoo. Who would like to go to the zoo with me? Oh, don't, don't seem too keen. So I'll tell you that personally, or that you don't like zoos, don't know. Let's go, is it Twycross Zoo? It's probably the closest one, isn't it, to here? We go to Twycross Zoo, and, you know, I feel, I'm feeling empowered because you've all come with me, and I'm like, do you know, I think we can make Twycross Zoo even better. I know what we'll do. We'll open all the gates to all the areas where the different animals live so they can have some time together, they can have some fun together, they can play together. A good idea? It's going to be carnage. It's going to be chaos. The big things will squash the small things and the scary things will eat the less scary things. It's called wild life for a reason. Imagine if that did happen. You're going to watch parents grabbing their children and running away as fast as possible, aren't you? But that's not what we see in Isaiah 11, is it? Have a look at the end of verse 6. We're told that leading the wolf, the lamb, the leopard, the goat, the calf, the lion, and the yearling is a little child. Isn't that astonishing? What a picture. And then that child is going to stick their hand into a snake's nest. I hate snakes. I don't want anyone putting their hands in there. But yet, at this time, the only screams that will be heard are screams of delight. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine it? It feels a bit like one of those Christmas traditions. It's brilliant, isn't it? 
but it seems a bit bonkers. We can barely imagine what it'll be like when Jesus makes everything right. So for my bauble for this one, very unimaginatively, I've just put a big tick. Everything made right. And then just to help us kind of get a, a bit of a picture of what that is like. You know, we're not going to be floating around heaven. It's, it's a new world. It's a remade world. It's got everything that's good now and then some more. So I drew the world. Please don't look very closely at my map on the uh, bauble. I do have a geography degree. I don't remember much of it. But it's a wonderful picture. The world made right. Nothing will harm, we're told. Nothing will destroy. Why? Because everything and everyone is in perfect relationship with God the Creator. Have a look at what it says at the end of verse 9. Why, why does this all happen? It says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Three brilliant things about Jesus. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He judges perfectly. And he makes all things right. So we're going to sing now. And we're going to sing a song that just helps us put words to our longing for Jesus to come back and make things right. And whilst we're singing that, I'm going to invite children. Uh, whilst the band are playing, whilst the camera's on them and not at the front, you can come and add your baubles to the Christmas tree. But let's stand together, shall we, as we sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Oh, please do have a seat. And so if I take us back to, to Christmas tree terms, as God's people now, knowing these three brilliant things about Jesus, he's full of the Spirit. He judges perfectly, and he will make all things right. In Christmas tree terms, we are living in the days between the Christmas tree going up and being decorated and Christmas itself. Jesus has come and was born a baby and died as a man to save us. But he's not yet returned. So we have to ask ourselves a question, so what? These brilliant things about Jesus, so what? what? What difference does it make to our lives today, tomorrow, this week, and the months ahead? Well, if Jesus is the one who has the Holy Spirit, well, know that if you belong to Jesus, he shares that Spirit with you. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to know everything. It doesn't mean you'll always know what to do. But if you have the Spirit, he will guide you. He will lead us. He will equip us. He will help us to serve in love. And if you want to know a little bit more about what it means to live by the Spirit, then your invitation is to come along back here at 6.30 tonight. Because that's exactly what Rob's going to be speaking on. That was one of the big questions uh, that came out uh, of the You Choose sermon series. If Jesus is the perfect judge, then we're to reflect him by by not being misleading, by not showing favoritism, by not thinking ourselves or other people more important than others. And if Jesus is going to make things right, however painful things are, and I know some people today are really feeling that pain, and it's real, but it's not going to last. There is a day coming when it will be no more. And that is a hope to share. Just, just look right at the end, verse 10. We're told, in that day, the root of Jesse, that's Jesus, will stand as a banner for the people, so the nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. 
It's, it's a picture. Jesus being held high. And all kinds of people from all sorts of places coming to him. That's a picture of what's happening now as we take the hope that we have of Jesus out to other people. And Christmas is the most amazing opportunity we have. Hopefully you've already got them or you will pick one up. There's a Christmas card for everybody uh, to take with you um, from here today. It's got details of our Christmas services. It's got details of our Hope Explore course that's coming up at the end of January. Uh, Take it, one, so you know what's going on, but two, to think through who you could be inviting along to some of those things. Who is it you want to share the hope of Jesus with? See, we're called to live as Jesus' people. Jesus is this brilliant, and we're called to to show his brilliance in our lives. It's not always easy, and it's great when we hear a little snapshot, a little glimpse of each other's stories. And our Pathfinders, uh, over the last few weeks, um, interviewed, I think it was three members of of our congregation, Graham and Gaynor and Pauline, about their experience following Jesus. And they put together a little video for us, sharing what they heard. So if you want to lift your eyes to the screen, we're going to hear what the Pathfinders heard of their story. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and then we're going to sing again. So let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, thank you for showing us this morning that Jesus is brilliant. Sometimes, Lord, it feels like it's a bit bonkers. We can't get our heads around how brilliant he is. And yet he chose to be born a baby that first Christmas to come and save us, uh, to include us so he could share his spirit with us, so that we could have lives that reflect him, so that we can have a hope of everything being made right. I pray that you'd help us to live this hope out in the here and now. I pray that we might see other people who we know and love uh, come to join us in this hope as well. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.